0: AM 790 Talk and Business presents Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island with your host Bronwyn Dannenfelser. Join Bronwyn to hear about the next Water Fire event in downtown Providence plus other great cultural events happening in the
1: community. Now here's your host Bronwyn Dannenfelser.
2: And hello, 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 and welcome to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk in business. We're here with you every Wednesday between 4 and 5, telling you all about what's happening with Waterfire, what's coming up at the next event. We're chatting with our sponsors and bringing you behind the scenes. Uh, and let you know everything that's going to be happening and going on so that you have knowledge and that when you come down to the river, you know what to go see. Uh, we've got a great, great weekend uh, that we're setting up for, a huge, huge water fire lighting. Um, Saturday, September 26th, we've got Chinese culture coming to water fire. Steeple Street is going to be turned into Little China, thanks to the U.S. Uh, China Institute and the Confucius Institute, and there'll be all sorts of different displays and Chinese calligraphy and all sorts of information. Um, There's going to actually be singing on the Basin stage, Chinese operatic singing and uh, performances, which will be amazing. And there's also... A salute to educators, that's happening. And this is a really um, big fire because we've got a lot of important sponsors that have really come together to make sure that this night is just going to be fabulous. Um, One of them being, of course, Lifetime Medical, as everybody knows and we say it every week. This um, show actually is underwritten by National Grid and sponsored by Lifetime Medical, who is also a big season sponsor of Water Fire. And it's been a supporter of Water Fire for many, many years. They helped us to build a boat. we needed one years ago, and they 've uh, they 've been with us in the brazier society uh, tent for years and i 'm so excited because they 're doing something really phenomenal one it 's not only what they do for a living um, providing home health care and We'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But it's also, you know, they're so community-involved, and uh, what they do is they bring people together. They're hiring, which everybody knows right now. I know there's a lot of people out there looking for jobs, and they're hiring. So they're going to be at Water Fire on Canal Street. There's going to be a uh, tent, and Lifetime Medical this weekend will be telling people about one what they do but two go show up and if you um, have any interest in being a certified nursing assistant and uh, really that's a vocation uh, that we'll talk about in a little while but um, go down make sure that you stop in at that tent and find out a little bit about these great people Uh, so without further ado I'm going to introduce you to two of my favorite people because they're my sponsors and they've helped bring WaterFire to life now for years Lou Pialino who is the president of Lifetime Medical hi Lou
1: Nice to meet, see you again, uh, Bronwyn.
2: It's always good to see you. I get like to see you at every water fire, and it's awesome. And we also have Gary Alexander, who is a healthcare specialist working with Lifetime Medical. So I want to start by saying hi, Gary. How are you doing today?
0: Excellent. It's a pleasure to be here.
2: I know. And check out that weather outside, oh,
1: it's huh? Fabulous.
2: I know. It's like it, it doesn't feel like we're in September,
1: does it? Not at all. Uh, fall is really fast. Uh, came here very fast, so. Yes, I know. it's a little cool out there today.
2: It's it's, it's beautiful. And, I, you know, I, I'm so psyched that you're going to be sponsoring the upcoming fire this weekend because don't you love those fall fires, Lou, when it's just, you know, there's a little bit of that crisp, like, feeling in the air?
1: i got to say, Brian, when they're awesome. And uh, it seems like water fire always gets great weather.
2: We all the years out.
1: we've been sponsoring, we've been uh, very pleased with uh, the weather. Well, I so. think
2: I've been with Waterfire for 10 years, or 11 seasons, actually. And out of all of those years, we've have, we have only canceled three fires. So that's that's a pretty good record, if you ask me. And so, yeah, we usually get some great weather, and I know that, you know, again, there'll be a little bit of a, a, a crispness in the air on Saturday, but it's going to be a great, great night. And, you know, I want to thank you, Lou, um, for the many, many years of supporting us and what Lifetime Medical does. But could you explain to our listeners what Lifetime
1: Medical is? Well, the company's been in, uh, around for almost 40 years, you know, just a shy of 40 years. And what we do is we... Uh, Keep people, elderly people, young people, anyone that has a home care need, safe and independent in their own homes. Mm -hmm. That's our goal. Um, We keep people uh, from going into nursing homes. There's obviously a need for nursing homes, but people seem to do a lot better at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're able to mend. uh, They're able to stay in their own home, and they seem to be a lot healthier and happier Mm -hmm. in their own home. So what Lifetime Medical does is we provide... uh, skilled nursing in the home, we provide PT, OT, but a, a large number of our clients also get uh, paraprofessional help from certified nursing assistants as you said, and we are hiring. There's always a need for caring individuals to work in the home. Um, so we always have that that need, and we're looking uh, this weekend to uh, have an initiative to hire uh, certified nursing assistants or, or nurses as well. Um, so our goal is to, is to keep people safe and independent in their home, And you know we have a. I think Gary can tell you we have a large elderly population uh, that seems to be growing in Rhode Island. We're probably one of the largest uh, states as far as per capita of individuals over 85. Really? It's it's incredible. I think Rhode Island might rank two or three. He probably has a little bit more on that. But from a national level and a local level, as far as the statistical uh, uh, numbers that uh, you know that attest to that. So. I think our goal has always been to keep people safe and independent, but make sure that people are happy where they are, yeah. and uh, that's that's what our company does.
2: Well, and Gary, now how long have you been with Lifetime Medical?
1: About three years.
2: Yeah, and you know we were talking about this before we came on air, but it truly is. I think the people that go into that profession, and you know, there's a big heart that's involved there, and it's more of a, I would not call it a profession, but I'd call it a vocation. Um, what made you get involved in the healthcare? specialty area?
0: Well, first of all, I've always had an interest in public service. Uh, I come from a very religious background, and that moved into government and public service, and it was a natural for me to work in the healthcare care and human services industry. And I came to quickly find out that home care uh, is not only vital economically, but it's a wellness program. It really is wellness for our elderly, our children, and our uh, physically and intellectually disabled. Mm -hmm. And we need to put more resources into home care. If we want to solve our health care crisis in this country, Mm -hmm. we want to drive down costs, improve people's health, then we need to put more resources into home care. Nationally, we spend about 85% of our long-term care dollars in the nursing home uh, industry or in long-term care facilities, and only about 15% in home care. So if we really want to make a change in health care, home care is the way to go.
2: Well, I I know because I remember when my mother-in-law was... um She was in a nursing home, and I have to tell you, the expense was absolutely astronomical, and and it was a very tough thing to keep up with, and I think, you know, you're absolutely right when you say keeping somebody in their home and being able to provide the services of a nurse and that caring atmosphere um, really makes a difference in somebody's well-being, both, you know, body, mind, soul, and spirit, because, again, they're surrounded by loved ones and people that, you know, are are always there and and keeping things kind of moving ahead. Now, Lou, I've got to ask you, because this is something that i've always found curious especially you know with obamacare and things moving how have you seen the trends in the last few years when it comes to health care and are more people staying home or how, how is that kind of well mean? there have
1: been these ebb, ebb and flows i mean uh, it, it's really hard to put your finger on it uh there is this desire for government uh in uh, many groups to try to keep people at home um there are a lot of players in the in the healthcare arena so uh, to answer your question, there have been uh, peaks and valleys. It's like a roller coaster. Yeah. There have been times where home care has seemed to be the focus of attention, and then other times, more recently, where they haven't utilized home care to the extent that they can. Um, but, you know, it's it's pretty apparent that the elderly are, are happier, they mend at home, they're safe and independent at home, yeah. and they prefer to be at home. And I think uh, and it's less expensive over the long term. So right. I think... You know, I think the initiative should be for the state and the federal government to focus on this and make this a top priority.
2: Yeah, well, because I imagine because of the baby boomer generation that it's just going, I mean, you said that we've got a high per capita right now of elderly. That's just going to get bigger and bigger, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exponentially uh, the, the uh, elderly population will become a greater percentage of, of our overall population. Rhode Island's elderly population, Rhode Island ranks about three or four nationally in terms of the percentage of elders Uh, and um, it costs about 70 to 75,000 to take care of 70 75,000 dollars to take care of an individual in a nursing home and the average for home care is about 25 to 30,000 so it's a huge huge difference
2: that's a massive difference
0: it's a massive difference and uh, individuals overwhelmingly prefer to stay at home I always call this a freedom initiative, Mm -hmm. and if we really want to have people live free, they need to be in their own home.
2: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like that's that's very important and that we're going to have to be keeping up with... Kind of the movement of things, again, as the baby boomers generation moves ahead and, um, you know, as we kind of keep on going. But I want to ask a little bit about Waterfire now because, Lou, you and your wife, Marie, have been just incredible. Um, why Waterfire? Why why have you supported Well, I think
1: Waterfire? Waterfire is a great venue. It's probably one of the nicest venues that the state offers in, in the entire uh, uh, you know, uh, in the entire state. I mean, you can go to Newport. Newport is beautiful. But, you know, Waterfire has a special significance. People come from all over the world to come to Waterfire. We've noticed that. People are really joyous. I got to say, um, it's very civil there. People are always happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, an, it's an opportunity for our families to go down and celebrate the beauty of Providence. That's why water fire.
2: Yeah, well, you know, it's funny that because I was, I've, I've always said this. To me, it's probably one of the best social experiments that if you create the right environment, which this now reminds me of Lifetime Medical, as I'm saying it. But if you create the right environment right action follows so even as you're talking about keeping somebody in their home and keeping them happy that you know that really does lift somebody's spirits and we do the same thing at waterfire but we're just doing it in a different way and you know we're so thankful for your sponsorship now if somebody wants to learn more about one how they can get in touch with you to either um, acquire your services or to even apply for a job how do they do that
1: well the easiest way would be to call our Number, 333-3333, it's all threes. That's pretty easy, isn't it? (laughs) It's an easy number to remember. Or they can call 1-800-333-NURSE. All those threes are in there, 1-800-333-NURSE or 333-3333.
2: Excellent. And is there anything that you would like to kind of just put out there? We've got about two minutes left that you'd like to put out there that we think our listeners should know about either Lifetime Medical or just the home health care industry? Anyway, I'd just
0: like to say that, you know, over the years I've worked with hundreds upon hundreds of home care uh, agencies, either overseeing them, running health and human services in Rhode Island and Pennsylvania, or uh, working with them directly, and Lifetime is among the best that I've seen from the perspective of quality, oversight, and just a caring and loving atmosphere for the individuals they serve.
2: Well, I can only imagine that because just based on you, Lou, and Marie, you're two of the most caring people that I know. Thank you for that. Knowing that you own that company, I'm sure it all just trickles down at the end of the day. So we are looking really forward to this weekend's fire. Thank you for helping us bring it to Providence and light up the city on Saturday. And we are just very grateful for all that you do.
1: Oh, you're welcome, and thank you for hosting us here today. Keep Absolutely. up the good work.
2: <laughs> thank you. You're listening to AM790, your station for and Business. I'm Ronwyn Dannenfeltzer, your host, and we'll be back in a second to talk more about this weekend's water, fire Lighting because it is huge. Hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk and business. And boy, do we have one big event coming up this weekend. It is sponsored by an incredible large group of people. I've got Lifetime Medical. We were just talking to them about home health care and, um, they're going to be hiring people at the water fire this weekend. We're going to have the U.S. China Institute, Dragons on the River, Little China on Steeple Street. You're going to want to stop by, see the tents. And of course, we have our longtime sponsor, Webster Bank, um, who has been with us four years, and I'm so happy to have my friend Brendan Green and Bob Toomey um, from Webster Bank with us. You've been just, again, wonderful supporters. And looks like we're going to have perfect weather for this weekend, doesn't it?
3: Oh, it sure does. I'm a big September fan. and We always seem to sponsor... Uh What a fire in late September. It's been terrific.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I I was looking at the weather, and it looks like it's going to be nice, just a little bit crisp, you know, so it's that perfect time to, like, feel the fires, feel the warmth, and all of the music and stuff. But I wanted to, you know, thank you, one, for so many years of constant support. And, you know, I know you care so much about your community, and Webster Bank has got such a beautiful story. And so I'm not Bob, would you like to tell us the story behind Webster Bank?
3: It's it's a great story, Bronwyn, and uh, I've shared this with a number of people, but the uh, the bank was founded 80 years ago. This is our 80th birthday, and our current CEO, Jim Smith's dad, founded the bank. Mm-hmm. His name was Harold Webster Smith. The bank is named after him, and uh, he borrowed 25000 from family and friends. This was back in 1935, to be able to make mortgage loans. You can imagine what it must have been like in the middle of the Depression to try to get a mortgage to buy a house. And uh, just the fact that he did it with $25,000, know, you know, what the cost of a house, you know, back then was. But, but he did that. He didn't open his first branch, I think, until 1958. Mm-hmm. And he was in Little Waterbury, Connecticut. And uh, Jim, uh, uh, Harold Webster Smith's son, Jim, was a Dartmouth grad. He graduated in 1971, I think. He went to Wall Street for a couple of years and then joined his dad and became his, his dad passed the con to Jim you know in the uh, early mid 80s i think jim became the ceo um you know in the early 90s you know he yeah uh, you know we went on the new york stock exchange he he renamed the bank after his dad uh, yeah. webster bank and uh it's just been a, a terrific story i compare it to it's a wonderful life you it know, totally jim-
2: sounds like jimmy Stewart. the jimmy you know? Stewart movie yeah.
3: yeah i mean it really is terrific how many how many banks you know, uh, big, large-sized banks, 23 billion in assets, traded on the New York Stock Exchange, can say they've only had two bosses, father and son, in, in the history of the bank. I That's mean,
2: amazing. Yeah. I mean, especially knowing that you know banks there's big conglomerations now, and exactly. sometimes that kind of feeling that something is still so like home-based and that you can really there's, I don't know, there's something kind of like family-like about it. Um, and well, it is family. It is family. So it, it, it,
3: it, it makes the employees feel good. I think you know, I I'm sure does. Brenda will agree. I mean. You just feel like you're you're working in a family situation almost you know and and Jim cares so much about the bank so much about all the people that work there that it just you, you just i don't know i you just feel so stimulated i mean it's like campaigning for water fire i mean it's <laughs> it's the same thought sort of thing that you, you know you feel like there's a greater good that's that's resulting from what, all the effort that you put in every day and and that that effort's not going to go unnoticed and I I think that's true.
2: Well, you know that, that that's one thing that I've always noticed because Brenda you've always invited me um to whenever there's an event happening with Webster Bank the CEO is always there and yes. he knows everybody. And right. to me that again there's that personal side of things that I see at Webster which I I just find to be very different than a lot of other places. That's
4: true. Jim doesn't really talk much publicly about this, but he just celebrated his 40th anniversary as a Webster employee. And the employees wanted to do something, give him some sort of memento to celebrate that time that he's been with us thus far and let him know how they feel about him. And I had a really nice privilege. I was asked to proofread and edit a memory book that had been compiled um, by employees across the bank, hundreds of employees contributed to this piece. And I spent one day at my kitchen table reading through story after story that had been written by Webster employees, everyone from folks who work in in the banking centers behind the teller line to people who work in the corporate office, all different, all different people from all different parts of the bank, and all the wonderful personal stories they had told about Jim and the one, one of the themes that resonated the most was how he always remembers everyone's name. Yeah. And we have 3,000 employees over, gosh, even more than three states now, because we're also down into um, a few cities like Philadelphia. We just announced Atlanta. We were opening wow. a small lending office um, in D.C. In DC. Uh, we have our HSA Health Savings Account Division, which is based out in Wisconsin, Milwaukee, and Sheboygan. And just to read all these stories that people had written on their own. No one got together and conferred. Mm-hmm. It was just this m- beautiful, organic piece. And I sat there reading it going, wow. You know, it almost made me cry. And it wasn't <laughs> even about me. But it, mm-hmm. it just, it really hit home to me after reading that, how much this bank means to everybody, myself included.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, I think it shows just even in the trickle-down theory, again, what, That kind of leadership Yes How it It really does go through A whole organization And then I even see it When you come and support Waterfire And you support the communities That you live in And that people work in And play in Mm -hmm. And you know I I have to apologize to everybody out there. I'm sitting here. I've got the most amazing man that I have not even introduced yet sitting next to me, and it's our managing director, Peter Mello, who is my co-host. Hi, Peter.
5: Hey, Bronwyn. You sorry about that. Oh, I got no, all excited. I'm, I'm loving hearing the stories. <laughs> so, hey, I, I was on? About
2: Webster Bank, and I was like, oh, geez, I didn't say hi to Peter. <laughs> but, yeah, um, so, you know, the banking industry has gone through a lot of ups and downs over the, gosh, what, the last seven years, or I would think. 7 or 8 years. And 2008 like fourth third fourth quarter was the when it started getting bad. Yeah, yeah. how did Webster fare during that time?
3: Well, we had, we had issues, Brynwyn, like uh, you know, virtually every other bank, but I I think the thing that distinguished Webster was the way we reacted to it. I mean, our our president Joe Savage, who's our number 2 guy, likes to say that during that period uh, during the period of the Great Recession, when other banks were running away from their customers, we ran toward them. Yeah. And, you know, instead of foreclosing, we would modify the payments on the mortgage. And we got very favorable press in the Wall Street Journal. You know, we were on Good Morning America. There was a segment there where we were recognized for the way we were handling, yeah. you know, the situation. So, you know, if, uh, if Peter Mello, you know, uh, loses his job at Waterfire, let's say, during that period, <laughs> and he's having trouble making his mortgage payments... Is it, is it appropriate or apropos, whatever, for, for Webster Bank to foreclose on Peter? Well, no. I mean, that's a lose-lose situation, really. Foreclosure is very, very expensive. You know, the, if the bank forecloses, you got to pay the taxes, they got to pay the insurance and so forth. No, it's in much better interest for us to modify the payments on, on Peter's uh, mortgage so that he can get through that tough period. Yeah. And when Peter rebounds and, and, and gets another job, you know that you, 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 we just return the mortgage to the original terms, and believe me, we won a, a lot of very, very, you know, loyal customers for doing that.
2: Well, because you're treating people like people, not like a number, exactly. or not like an account. You know, you, that's I think where the, the difference is. And it
4: g- goes back to the earlier remark about the uh, the Jimmy Stewart movie, It's a Wonderful Life, when one of the networks, I can't remember if it was ABC or if it was Fox, did the national story. They actually. Uh, teed it up with It's a Wonderful Bank and they used some of the footage from that movie to introduce Jim Smith so Mm -hmm. it was and it was right before Christmas that year and so it was just it was one of those moments you know especially as someone who works in PR you're like wow perfect you know (laughs) they get it
3: (laughs) I mean from a commercial perspective one of our commercial clients in New Bedford you know as a matter of fact was having some tough times and we had had to move them into our workout department and so forth and uh and one, uh, one day, Jim uh, Smith's uh, assistant called me and said, I have a letter here addressed to Jim from Barney Frank. And Barney was, you know, the congressman from Southeastern Mass. And, you know, most of the letters that he wrote to Banks weren't real positive. <laughs> so she said, she said, I'm going to send it over to you. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, what's this going to say? And so forth. And uh, I get the letter and I'm reading it. And he said, I went out to visit. At your customer, ABC Company, and met with uh, Bronwyn and Peter, you know. And, uh, you know, they told me they'd really been you know, going through a tough stretch, he said, but they couldn't be more complimentary about how Webster Bank had dealt with them. And uh, he said, it's very unusual for me to write a letter like this, <laughs> but, you know, the, the situation was so relatively unique that I wanted to make a point of complimenting you on how you've handled that situation. And I've used that letter in and all sorts of presentations and mm-hmm. so forth. And again, not naming the name of the company or the individuals or anything, but just pointing to it as a as evidence, if you will, that that's really how we, ha- we, we handle the the residential clients well and we handle the commercial clients well.
2: Well, and, and I think that would mean that your employer retention and the pride of people that work at Webster Bank has got to be pretty that's amazing. It.
3: I mean, you feel good about working for a bank that treats the customers that way. Conversely, if you're working for a bank that, you know, holds a gun to people's head, you don't feel really good about that. You know, even whether or not you're the one that's doing it, you, you, you just don't feel good about it. And so, again, that's added, in my opinion anyway, to the whole mystique around working for an employer that you feel very, very positive about.
2: Now, is there anything that's kind of new and happening? Well, I mean, the banking industry is changing radically, I think, just because of technological advances as it is.
1: Yep. Yes. But
2: what is it that's happening at Webster that you see that's kind of shifting and changing and that people should know about or new things that are coming along?
3: Well, first of all, I mean, we, we got into this market. We, Webster, you know, back in 2004, we acquired First Fed, Federal Savings Bank based in Swansea. And uh, at the time, there were I think um, I think they had six branches in uh, in Rhode Island, and we doubled that, you know, uh, in a, in a relatively short period of time. And we've added lots of new people. Brenda and I have both been. I think Brenda's been there 11 years. I've been yes. there 10 years, and and so forth. And we've added a lot of people, many of whom came from bigger banks. Mm-hmm. And the people that came from the bigger banks, you know, come into a Webster again, this much more customer-friendly, employee-friendly environment. And they feel and they feel good, and they're able to recruit. I think I've recruited 25 people in the 10 years that I've been there, and it really hasn't been that difficult mm-hmm. because they reach out, they find out what it's like and so forth. Um, and so we've, uh, you know. I think, we open-
4: Bob, you've recruited more people for the bank than anybody else in the bank. Yeah,
2: well, <laughs>
3: it's easy to be a good salesperson when you feel good about what you're selling, right? So, I
2: know that feeling, Bob. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, if, you, if you don't, I mean, it's it's
3: virtually impossible, but. You know, we've got uh, – we opened our offices in Providence and Boston back in 2009, right at the height of the recession. Yeah. Major commitments, you know, and uh, both of them have paid out re- paid off really well. We've got 33 people now in our Providence office focusing on business and municipal clients. I was the <coughs> regional president for 10 years, and I've just passed, passed the con to a former colleague of mine from Fleet Bank, Doug mm-hmm. Scala, and I've taken on a special projects role – and a lot of people said, "Well, why don't you don't you want to retire?" And I said, "No, I like working here. I enjoy coming to work every day. Um, and 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 it's really working out, you know, to be it continues to be fun for me. So, um, you know, that's that's where I stand on that. So Doug's doing a great job. Um, you know, we've got two of our major businesses, Webster Investment Services and Webster Capital Finance, are run by Rhode Islanders, even though they're wow. the both businesses are based in Connecticut. We've got two guys, John Illyrio and Sam Hanna, who run those businesses. One of Doug's recruits, Steve Craven, has been very successful bringing new middle-market relationships. He's only been on board a year. You know, we've initiated a commercial banker training program. Like other banks, we have an aging workforce. We've got a lot of baby boomers that over the next 10, 15 years are going to be saying goodbye and... And retiring, unlike me. <laughs> 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 I'll be working into my 80s, but uh, I'll be kidding. Uh, but we want to be able to pass on the wisdom and the experience that we've gained over the years to this younger generation, to the millennials that are mm-hmm. be coming on behind us. Our, uh, our cash management per, uh, personnel that focused on cybersecurity, that's a big, big yeah. issue. It's with all something the scams that concerns. Oh there. my
2: gosh, that, that, you know, it's something that worries me because everybody is moving to their banking online and yeah. banking on their phones, and that's one of my concerns. Is there? I don't know. How do you see that like moving ahead in the future? Because hackers, that's what worries me. That's right. You know, and but, they
3: could be anywhere in the world, and mm-hmm. they, if they get into your account, or you know, they <laughs> they contact people and say, wire the funds to this account, and. In, in Eastern Europe, someplace, and uh, you know, the money goes out, and God forbid, can you, getting that money back is not easy.
2: Well, I can um, only imagine, even just for the as a, being the bank itself mm-hmm. having to try to follow up on that when somebody's identity is stolen or the money is stolen out of the account. But that's just got to be so very difficult. Oh, it is. It is. But you know, I've heard some very heroic stories
4: of, out of Webster about us being vigilant and noticing patterns and getting on top of it and notifying the customer before anything could happen or if something did happen, just doing something unbelievable to unwind it and, and, and make it right because we we were always having to think about it and stay a step ahead of the curve. But, you know, the curve keeps moving and changing, so yeah. it's perpetual. And we have an amazing woman who works for us named Kim Syrup, and she's down in Connecticut, and she's in charge of a lot of that division. And she's she's done everything from literally work over the Thanksgiving weekend one year to help unwind something for a customer to starting an entire bank-wide program where our bankers go out and teach about elder financial exploitation
1: Very at important.
4: Um, any senior center or um, assisted living center, any any type of organization that serves our older population, we have bankers who will go out and, and teach Seniors and the people who care for them. So, concerned. how to be on the lookout for for
2: this type of. Of, of financial abuse Yeah, I'd, I'd love to talk about that when we come back We've got to take a commercial break right now um, But I'm having just such a blast Talking to Bob Toomey and Brenda Green from Webster Bank Our sponsors for this weekend's Water Fire Lighting And we're going to talk more about what Webster Bank's doing And then when we come back Peter Mello, are you going to tell us Where Water Fire's going in the future And all the exciting things that are happening
5: We will, and Bob's going to help me tell that <laughs> Alright,
2: you're listening to AM790 Your station for talking Business We'll be back in a second
5: Want to be involved in Rhode Island's largest volunteer-supported arts organization? Waterfire Providence has rewarding volunteer opportunities at every Waterfire lighting and throughout the week, every week. Our incredible volunteers make it all happen in a variety of ways, from being on the river to greeting guests and everything in between. There's truly something for everyone. Individuals and groups can get involved today. Email us at volunteer at waterfire.org or call 401-273-9727. And
2: hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island, and we are getting ready for a very big water fire coming up this weekend. Chinese culture, dragons on the river, all sorts of good stuff. Lifetime medical hiring, Webster Bank on site, our big sponsor. And we've just been having a great conversation with Bob Toomey and Brenda Green and Peter Mello all about... Just all the wonderful things that Webster does, and the beautiful culture that you have there, which I think kind of reminds me of what we do at WaterFire, and it's really about the community and really seeing people one-on-one and treating people like people rather than a number. But you've got a lot of exciting things, Bob, that you're doing um, at Webster. Can you expand a little bit on some yeah, of these? Yeah,
3: uh, Brian, we've we've brought in a couple of veterans in the in the private banking world to expand our ability to service, you know, both personal and institutional wealth clients. We've hired a former SBA lender relations specialist, a fellow named Glenn Gould, who's, uh, who started with us, who's going to help us put SBA guaranteed deals together. Uh, we have expanding our, our uh, municipal relationships. We became the, the bank for the state of Rhode Island a few years ago, and uh, that's really helped us. And Pat Payola and Zai Kamsaywarovang have led that effort. Uh, we've got a 401 k initiative, uh, which we've implemented, where we've got 1,100 plan participants and 70 million in assets and wow. uh, John O'Lirio's uh uh group is 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 very helpful in in that area because not only do they put that plan together but they help Peter and they help Bronwyn make the decisions as to how the money's invested which is I think a a, a, I real, could use that help. a real helpful <laughs> initiative and uh and I, I, I neglected to mention the uh, the private banking uh, individuals are Chris O'Connell and Regine Makhowski. Uh, Regine just started yesterday, and she's she's thrilled to be here. And
2: so, these can all be all these people can be reached at the Providence office. Yes, or?
3: they're all in the Providence office. Yes. And then the last thing I wanted to mention was Governor Romano's Real Jobs Rhode Island initiative, uh, which the Rhode Island Bankers Association, of which I'm the former president, is a major voice in this. And uh, and really, the governor, we've got we've got a, a federal grant essentially for training purposes mm-hmm. and what we're trying to do is uh, is to create a training initiative i believe it's across 22 different industries of which banking is one and we would identify you know again brenda and peter and bronwyn as three people that uh, they might be they might be working as desk folks in a in a branch or as tellers but we've we've been able to identify that they've got potential to move up and well we we've created a training program to basically if they if they can demonstrate that, that they have the affinity to learn about extending commercial credit we're going to train them to mm-hmm. to actually move up into those jobs and then we've that that opens up uh their old job for other people coming off the street so you know I I think it's terrific because the governor is just so She's so energetic about this, and and yeah. and so forth, and 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 the concept of being able to create training that will enable us to hold on to college grads here in Rhode Island. Yeah, you know, I, I think that makes it even more super.
2: Well, it circles back to what you were saying earlier about you've got an aging workforce that's exactly. going to have to be replaced, and so you're being proactive about it, but also giving people the opportunities to improve, you know, and, and to really just kind of climb the ladder. So that's excellent. Exactly. That's really nice. Exactly. So, geez. Webster Bank rocks. Thank it you. Does. <laughs> you. You really do. So now I wanted to talk to you a little bit about. Actually, I'm going to hand it over to you, Peter, because we've got a really big, kind of fun Inspire, Imagine, Ignite campaign that
5: we're kicking off. Want to cool. talk about it? Yeah, we do. Last time I was on here, actually, it was about a month ago, and we had uh, just on the eve of the Fireball, mm-hmm. which was our event where we announced publicly announced the campaign. And we had uh, our co-chairs Brooke Lee and Johnny Chase uh, excited talking about that. And that was it, a really cool event. It was the coolest. So if you're listening and you didn't attend, you better mark your calendars or look for it for next year because it was the party of the year, without a doubt. It totally
2: was. <laughs> yeah, are not
5: we, really it was. We mm-hmm. promise. Go to our website and check out the pictures and the video. And uh, it was there was something for any age. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was uh, it was a great event. And that announced our Inspire, Imagine, Ignite campaign, the campaign for Waterfire. And we are looking right now at our second 20 years. Well, next year we'll be celebrating 20 years as an organization organizing Waterfire. And, uh, you know, we looked at uh, where we want to go. We had a strategic plan we put together, and uh, we decided in that strategic plan that the direction we wanted to go was to kind of take things up a notch, professionalize, and... Uh, set up a home for ourselves for our first p- permanent home in the community and that was uh, uh, 475 valley was the site of the fireball and we bought that in 2012 mm-hmm. and um, we started trying to make a plan to make that into more than just our home but also a community art center and that's what we are today we're really excited about
2: that yeah and i know bob that you you're helping with this campaign committee as well and i think what you know People think of WaterFire, and we happen 12, 13, 14 times a year, but this is the whole goal is to really have it so that WaterFire has got a permanent place so that people can come and contribute and, you know, see. It's going to be, what, well, we're going to be working with education yeah. centers and all different groups so that WaterFire is more permanent, you know, rather mm-hmm. than just that eph- the ephemeral, you know, we happen and then we disappear. So that's yeah. that's kind of the direction we're moving. But, Peter, what is it that
5: we need? moving forward? Money. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we got a banker in here today. Where we've locked the doors and nobody's going until we get this money. So. Yeah, sorry,
2: Bob. We didn't tell you. <laughs> They're super cool on that I've got seat. the gold bars in the truck.
5: <laughs> no, well, we uh, announced the $6.5 million campaign. We've been working on this campaign for a couple of years. It's been kind of in its quiet phase, and we've done a lot of things to raise money for it. Uh, we've Uh, Hopefully, if you're in Rhode Island, and last November, you voted for Question 5 of the Creative and Cultural Economy Bond, and that's going to uh, contribute a little over $3 million, million, about $3.2 million. That money's matching, so we need people to to, uh, match that, to release that. Yeah, and I
2: don't think a lot of people know that. I don't think that a lot of people realize that... We have to raise the funds, and it's like it's a dollar-per-dollar batch,
5: right? Yeah, so we we want people to know that. And Mm -hmm. uh, not only that, we'll throw in another bonus because uh, we've got historic tax credits on that building. So those will leverage somebody's gift by 20%. And we're working on something else called new market tax credits, which are investments into underserved communities. Uh, the U.S. Treasury has a program, and we're uh, right now we're looking, hopefully, at uh, securing new market tax credits on this. But we do have a goal between now and the end of the year. We need to. As I was say, there's a timeline yeah. associated with yeah, it. Yeah, right? we have a little funding gap. We're trying to raise some money, um, get some pledges in for the next five years, somewhere close to two million dollars. We've made some progress on that. Um, and that will free up uh, another $3.4 million on the project from federal funds coming into Rhode Island. And what's important about all this stuff is... Is uh, we talk about Waterfire, but this is a major project, and this is going to create construction jobs and full-time jobs. And people don't realize, you know, Waterfire itself supports nearly 1,300 jobs in the community, in the Mm -hmm, hospitality mm -hmm. industries and in the support industries. So we have 22, 25 full-time employees, but there's a lot of cottage industry that kind of happens off of an economic impact that happens off of Waterfire activity.
4: Speaking of the hospitality industry, I heard a story today from one of our coworkers that one of a a colleague of ours from The Connecticut office wants to come up for water fire this Saturday night, kind of made a last-minute decision. He can't find a hotel room because
2: everything's booked. Yeah, yeah. everything's ev- everything is packed for this weekend. Everything's
4: booked and he couldn't believe it. Yeah. That's how it is every water fire.
2: Well, you know, I know that that's why Webster has been, one of the reasons why Webster's been such a great supporter of, of water fire and I know that Bob, you're on the campaign committee, but because I know that you know that we're helping to spur the economy here in Rhode Island and do good things. Um, You know, we're, we're just trying to keep on lifting everybody up
5: and, you know, rising. Tide floats all boats, as they say, right? Right, absolutely. Well, we also have, like we said, the cultural the creative and cultural economy bond, which contributes a dollar for dollar match. So, the historic tax credits are another 20% lift, and then the the new markets are about. 39% thirty nine percent so somebody donates now they 're almost getting a two for one um, lift to this campaign, which is pretty exciting for us um, and yeah. Bob is uh, on our campaign committee he 's joined by Barry Hitner. And a lot of other community leaders: um, Arthur Robbins, Carla and Russ Ritchie, Joe Battista, and then we have a bunch of board members: Charlie Myers, Betsy Myers, our former chair, John Skenk is the editor of a publisher of Red Edible Roadie, and Leslie Gardner, our chair. So uh, we're all out there trying to trying to raise money. If you're interested, we hope you are interested in supporting Waterfire. So you can contact us via Bronwyn. (laughs) Bronwyn at waterfire.org. Well, I just want to say we are so
2: excited for this weekend's lighting. Thank you to Webster Bank, Brenda. Thank you for having us. Thanks for uh, all that you do for us. We really appreciate it. Everybody, go to the Waterfire website because things start early at this lighting. Five o'clock, there's all sorts of stuff that's happening. So go to the Waterfire website, find out what's going on, and uh, we'll see you down by the river. You've been listening to Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk and business.